What were you doing in 2011? I know what Chris Mormon was doing. He was playing the World Series of Poker Europe main event final table. And he's going to play a pretty interesting hand against Moritz Kranich. Somehow that is his opponent's name. <laughs> this week on The Breakdown with Grant Dennison and Jonathan Levy. Are you claiming that for all of 2011, Chris Mormon was at the World Series of Poker Europe final table? I'm not claiming he wasn't. How about that? We have no proof of any of his other whereabouts, right. so there could be something there. I mean, 2011 was a long time ago. And also, memory is, you know, a stranger. History is a fool. You know, history's for fools. I don't know. Memory is a stranger and history is a fool. Are you <laughs> writing a poem? <laughs> I sort of copied that from a Roger Waters song, in fairness. Oh. I'm just quoting. Right. Well, maybe we should write a poem, but Let's, that's for later. Oh, I got excited. For now? You know what we should do for now? What? We should probably qualify online for the World Series of Poker. Well, that sounds like a dandy idea to me, Grant. If you're not in the United States, you can play on 888poker.com, which is the only place to qualify for the World Series of Poker this year. You can get a $12,500 main event package. Guess what? Buy-ins to qualify start as little as one cent. Is that one euro cent? I don't know what it is, but it's a small <laughs> amount of money. You don't have to pay very much to enter. And then you step your way up and you get to the main event and they obviously to pay your expenses as well. It's a $12,500 package. It's a $10,000 tournament. I mean, that's pretty strong. Now, people, of course, have to use the code POKERGUYS All caps. to sign in as first-time depositors. There's a lot of cool things that come along with it. There's certainly the, um, the online qualifications that Grant's talking about. Yeah. And there's also, you deposit $10, they give you 20 more. Just free, bu- free like, money. We, we want you to have this. First-time depositor of Poker Guys code person? Yeah. You could also use the link in the description, by the way, to sign up for 888 Poker instead of using the Poker Guys. But do both, just to be safe. You I know? mean, you got to cover your bases. <laughs> cover your bases. Also, don't get into a car with a stranger. No, don't do that. But you should get into an airplane and fly to Las Vegas to play the main event. Qualify for as little as one cent. I'm not kidding. Of course, you can qualify for more than that if you want. You yeah. can, there's, they have plenty of different tiers that you can you can buy into a, a 1K if you want. Play against 10 people. Hope to win. You I know? mean, that's a good way to do it. Too. Yeah, it's that's quicker. It's quicker. It's when it works. It's definitely quicker. Anyway, 888, World Series of Poker, all of these things, Illuminati, do it. <laughs> and with that, let's move on. Yeah. Very nice. Very yeah. nice. Thank you. So um, this hand that we're going to do today is Chris Mormon, which we have never done before, but he's kind of an important figure in the poker world. He just doesn't have that many live hands. Is he the number one uh, online poker player tournament-wise like winnings of all time, I think? Is that correct? Uh, he was at least at one point. Okay. He I'm not, not sure be. if it's still the case, but yeah, he's like a legend of multi-table tournaments online. Yeah. He essentially came up with a new way to play that just exploits all the regs, uh, and yeah. he crushes everybody online. That's just what he does. Here's what I'll tell you. I have his book. I've read a little bit of it, and I got to tell you, it's impressive. He thinks in ways that I don't feel I think, and I don't feel most other people think. Well, that, in terms of poker specifically, that's especially helpful if you're playing against high level players. Yeah, you know, because you can play a simple GTO strategy against bad competition and easily win over time. But if you're going to be playing against the best players in the world constantly, certainly GTO has a lot of value. And Chris Mormon plays certain versions of GTO at times, mm-hmm. but. He has like a special exploitative strategy for regs yeah. that is unique. Oh, right? he's all about that. And that's cool. It's very cool. It's very cool. And uh, you're going to see some unorthodox play in this hand from him. I mean, mostly just one decision is really unorthodox. Really but, unorthodox. But it's a decision that w- if it wasn't Chris Mormon, I'd be like, this guy is terrible. Yeah. What the hell? Right. Like, what is this guy doing? Well, in fairness, we did a hand from the Australia, uh, Australia, Aussie Millions, I guess is what the they Australia? call it. The Aussie Millions. I love the Australia. The Australia is good, too. And uh, where Mark McConnell, I think his name was? McDonald? Yeah, I think it was McDonald. McDonald, yeah. He opened under the gun with like 6-3 off or something. 6-4 right? suited, very different. Not different, but not that different when he's opening under the gun. It's right? a lot more playable. Okay, sure. But still. But he, uh, yeah, no, that's a good point, actually. <laughs> it's a very good point. <laughs> it's a lot more playable. But the point is, he was like trying to run over his table and doing a reasonable job of it, I would say. And it's pretty clear, Chris Mormon thinks, we're at the final table of the yeah. World Series of Poker main event Europe. Chris Mormon is sure he's the best player at the table, and we know right from the get-go. He, he has to think that or else it's crazy what he, what he starts and with. And we know he's not crazy. Right. So I, we, can, we know it's not just some weird misclick or anything like yeah, that. Yeah, this is actually the way Mormon is 
different, you know, thinks differently, kind of like Apple, except it's just think different. For, yeah, for so that's completely different. That, yeah. Um, it reminds me, and I'm not saying it's the same thing, but it reminds me of Phil Ivey a little bit, mostly because we recently did a hand called Phil Ivey is Magical, where Phil made some really weird, unorthodox decisions and ended up, what we thought was figuring things that took us 45 minutes to figure out in like 30 seconds yeah. and making what was at the time seemingly the optimal play. Right. And it's because he plays differently. Nobody expects, like David Benjamin was sitting there saying, there's no way you can be bluffing here. Right. When Phil actually was bluffing because he's different. And Chris Mormon might be that type of guy. Yeah, I think he, at least at that point he was. I'm not sure if he's different anymore compared to the heavy hitters in the world. It, I'd be curious to see how he would do like yeah. at a final table with you know Fader Holtz and company. Jason Kuhn. Yeah, yeah, all those guys. Are they sort of all equals? Is Mormon is Mormon really is this game even really built to exploit players at that level, or is it just players a bit below? Because when you say exploiting regs, that's really different than like Fader Holtz, right? Right, of course. Like, is he exploiting Fader Holtz successfully, or is that not doable? Right, and yeah. it may it may not be doable, or he may not have the ability to do it. By the way, if you can just exploit regs, you're going to make a lot of money. Yeah. You're going to do very, very well for yourself, so it's not a put-down on Chris Mormon. No, not anyway. at all. So the unorthodox decision that I keep referring to happens at the very beginning of the hand. Now, I think we're seven-handed or something like that. Something like that. Um, and again, it's the final table. Mormon has $3.6 million at 30K, 60K, so a healthy stack, over 50 blinds. Yeah. Um, he's got 8-4 offsuit under the gun, and he's not going to fold. So no. that's that's what I'm talking about. So he limps. No, he limps under the that gun. would be unorthodox as well. But he raises under the gun, which honestly, the, well, if we're just analyzing Joe Schmo doing this, it's not really that much better than limping. It's I mean, it's way better than limping. it's better, but it's a million. But times they're both garbage, terrible plays, right? Well, it's clearly the second best play. Not the best play, right? The optimal play is to fold. Well, but the I next think there's a play. huge gap between the best play and the second best play here. There's no question. But I think there's actually a huge gap between raising under the gun with the bad hand and limping under the gun Not with the bad hand. Not the same hand. level as folding to raising. I don't know. There, I don't know. There's a pretty big gap. Limping with 8-4 off under the gun has got to be the worst thing I've ever heard in my life. I mean, so, yeah, it's pretty bad. That may be slightly hyperbolic. What, have you never read a history book? <laughs> I don't, you know, I avoid yeah. things like that. Yeah, you don't no. want to be sad. Don't tell me about Darfur. I cannot handle it. <laughs> okay, well, I promise. This podcast will not mention Sudan in any way. Thank you. Yeah, um, except for just now. Yeah. Yeah. I'm already. Anyway, Mormon raises to 135,000 under the gun at 3060 with 8-4 offsuit. Yeah. I mean, let's not get into talking about this too much. Clearly, he thinks he's better than everyone else. He clearly thinks it doesn't matter what his cards are, effectively. Yeah. And he's playing a very, very wide range here, which means he's playing a very wide range everywhere. Norman Chad actually refers to how he's playing every hand, basically. Yeah. This is a clear clear evidence of that. And uh, I guess there's probably a few hands he's going to fold here, but not too many, right? He's going to fold seven deuce, probably eight three off. But 8-4 you can make a straight with, so let's go, you know? Yeah, I guess. Maybe it just has to do with the table dynamics. Maybe everybody else is ICM scared, and he's not. I mean, it could be that. It could also just be that he just feels he's so much better than everyone else. It just doesn't matter. I guess. I mean, we can say all these things, but it's just terrible, right? It seems terrible. It seems terrible for a normal player to do this, but there certainly are some situations where it's not insane to do it, right? Yeah, This would not. This wouldn't be a situation I would guess would be one of those times... But obviously Mormon thinks so, and I'm not. I don't think it's reasonable to question that part, of that decision, as opposed to all the yeah. other decisions. I mean, if everybody else at the table was like a nobody who had never won any money, and that I don't think that's the case. But I can imagine, like, if you're playing 1.4 million dollars up top, which is what this was, if you're playing in this tournament and everybody else has never had a score bigger than 10k, and you're Chris Mormon, you could raise every hand profitably. Yeah. But I don't think that's the case. I don't think so either. I can't really remember who else is at the table. No one whose name I recognized anyway. Right? Moritz Kranich, who will eventually be Mormon's opponent. I think I've seen that guy in the EPT and stuff. Okay. He plays the, the EPT mains. Sure. Um, so anyway, Mormon does it. He raises with 8-4 right. off under the gun. Everybody folds except for Moritz Kranich in the big blind, who has king-queen of diamonds. And he's got 2.1 million. It's easy call, right? It is, but there's something frustrating about a guy like Chris Mormon when you're his opponent, because clearly, as Norman Chad mentioned, Mormon's been opening a ton, mm-hmm. right? And there's just this thing in the back of your head that you're like, King Queen of Diamonds should maybe be in my value range against this guy. He opens all the time. Yeah. But then you put yourself in that spot that sucks, right? I mean, it'd be such a disaster to go out with King Queen of Diamonds when we can call and see a flop so cheap and he's going to see bet almost always, right? I mean, it just seems like crazy to lose our mind here. I agree. But I we hear have, you. We have almost 40 blinds. We can't go with King Queen of Diamonds. Right. But... 
if Mormons just going to call a lot or fold a lot, I don't know. I'm not advocating this. It's just just a little bit of a tangent. You know, when somebody's opening way too much, you know, you have all of your thoughts in your head about standard play. Like, yeah, I'm not going to I'm not yeah. going to three bet this because it's a terrible hand to three bet fold. Right. But if Mormon is just opening so much, there's just you just want to make it like, OK, this hand is way ahead of his range. Yeah. Let's put some more money in the pot. Like that's. That's a thought that definitely crosses your mind in spots like this, right? I agree, but let's remember, he did open under the gun, so this is as tight as his range is going to get. Now, That's obviously, true. it's still pretty wide. but uh, it, Yeah, a little bit. But he can rep super strength if he wants to, and it's going to be hard for us to do anything with it. The other thing is, while I do agree with you that um, that it sort of sucks, this hand is is so beautiful to see a it flop is. with. It's like one of the ideal, one of the best hands to see a flop with. You know, yeah. suited Broadway, you just kind of want to call and see a flop because it's it's... I, I just want it to be a little bit worse. Like maybe if we had king nine off, we could decide to three bet. Let's you know, like there's there's a lot of hands we could decide to three bet where I'd be like, it's okay if he blows me off the hand, but this is such a disaster. Right. No, I know, and that's back to the standard line of thinking. What yeah. I'm getting at is the three bet for value. It's not right. because we're turning it into a bluff. Right. It's like we just three bet small. Hope some, to get sometimes called. he calls and and I have the best hand frequently. Yes. Yeah. But then we have to play out of position against Chris Mormon the rest I, of the and way. I'm not, and I'm I'm not saying I would do it. I would probably just call. I'd call but, it just to keep the pot small and keep my decisions absolutely, easy. Absolutely, you know? I would do that. But I hear you. Like, we were talking about how Chris Mormon, Phil Ivey, they play not standard ways a lot of the time. That's not a standard thing to do, to three-bet King, Queen of Diamonds. But yeah. in the moment, in that vacuum, it makes sense for value. It's just the, the subsequent actions are going to be difficult on you. But maybe there's a way to optimize that, and it would be complex, and we're not going to get into it. It's just sometimes it just feels like, yeah, this guy's playing exploitatively, obviously, Chris Mormon. And he's exploiting me in that I know that I have the best hand frequently, but I can't three bet because of normal gameplay. Right. Which is interesting. It is. Now, let's remember, though, that like we're going to flop pretty well a lot of the time, and he's going to see bet pretty much any time we flop well, he's going to see bet. He might see bet 100% anyway. Honestly, if he's opening 8-4, he probably is. Yeah. Or nearly 100%. But if we flop a king or a queen, he's going to see bet. If, yeah. if that's on the board... And probably anyway, you know, so if we flop a straight draw, flush draw, he's just going to see bet. And so then we can, you know, he's going to put more money in anyway. Now, sometimes we're going to have to fold the best hand. That's true. But I would just like to, I think three betting a hand like king, queen works better for in position so we can control things more. Like being out of position to the best player at the table by a lot just seems like a disaster to, to inflate the pot. Even with a hand as, quote, good as king, queen, it's also not great. Oh, right? I totally agree like, with you. And that's, and that's the standard line of thinking. And there's a reason it's the standard line of thinking. Sure, sure. Because it's good. It's been proven to be a good line of thinking. Yeah. Right. It just feels like, oh, this guy. I know. I, like, I have such a good hand, and I can't do anything. Like, this well, guy. The cool thing is we get to see a flop really cheap, and we know he's going to see bet. So if we hit anything, we get to continue and be in good shape. Yeah. I mean, that's pretty all right. And, you know, there's a lot of flops we can continue on, by the way, and either bluff him later or, you know, or just have the best hand. I don't know. Yeah. That could be good. I suppose so. But I hear you. I hear you. I've definitely been in that situation a lot where you just, like, have perfect calling hands, and you would really like to three bet, but it seems like... Dumb to three bet, but you want to, and the whole thing. That's, mean, why, that's why we play limit hold'em, yeah. right? <laughs> so we can three bet anyway. Well, that's why you play limit hold'em. Yeah, yeah. That's my only I mean, reason. I guess your plan can be to three bet, call it off, but that sucks too. You can't do that in this spot. You can do it in a smaller tournament, or if you don't care, <laughs> you have to really not care. Yeah, yeah. Like remember, we killed the kid at, uh, a year and a half ago in the World Series main, who uh, who called it off with king queen on like hand number one. Remember that? Like Joe McKeon shipped from the button. And the kid had like 11 blinds in the small blind and just called it off with King Queen. And we we're like, what are you doing? And we we're like, I guess if you are only in it to win it and nothing else, this is okay. Although you've got a guy behind you, so it's not ideal. But yeah, like, but I don't know. There's a difference there. He never had fold equity at any point in that hand. Whereas right. three betting, at least, like, it's a multifaceted thing. If you're Kranich and for some reason you decide you're going to go with King Queen if you get shoved on by Mormon because Mormon just does that too frequently, mm -hmm. then at least you also have the opportunity that you win without seeing a flop. Okay, that's true. So you, you do get that piece of it, but every time he moves in, if we're going with it, we're probably not doing great. Yeah, we're probably getting no, doing poorly. You're right, and this is the. But I, I hear you. I can't get around this giant wall that is standard play. Yeah, it's I'm trying to run left, trying to run right, and you keep blocking me successfully. Thank you. And you're right, and I know you're right. It's just I'm trying to explore how to exploit the exploiter. You I know? think it's great. I think it's great. So maybe the thing is we just can't do it with this hand in this spot. We have to find other spots. Yeah, you know? I, I think that's so. what we it is. We just have like, to pick less playable hands. Right. Yeah. Like, let's pick hands with blockers. By the way, I got in a whole disagreement with friends of ours at uh, a main event a few weeks ago that you were not 
present at when I was talking about raising with a blocker, three betting with a blocker, and it was a king, and they thought I was insane because only aces can be blockers in their minds. And I was like, what no. are you talking about? You, you agree with that, right? Yeah, I agree. Good. Well, that to, the, to, our, to those people, now you know. Who was it? I'm going to punch him. It was our friend and Monster Stack winner, Mitch Towner. Oh, he's $1.1 million dollar so winner. so stupid, that He thought guy. it was ridiculous that I was saying king, a king was a blocker. But I was like, the button opened. Of course I've got a blocker. That guy doesn't know how to play games. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Anyway. He's very smart and good at things. He's very good at many games <laughs> for yeah. lots of money. But anyway. Yeah. Um, so maybe we should consider that maybe he's right. <laughs> I needed you to be stronger there. <laughs> I didn't know it was Mitch. All right. So <laughs> bots 360K now. Okay. Again, Mormon under the gun raised with A4 off and Kranich did the standard play. Just called with King, Queen of Diamonds and Big Blind. Cool. I'm fine with it. Yeah. Everyone's deep. Let's go. All right. Deepish. Kranich has under 40 bigs. Okay. All right. Flop is eight of clubs, deuce of hearts, seven of diamonds. Good flop for Mormon. Yeah. Mormon flops top pair. Kranich flops two overs and a backdoor flush draw. Okay. Yeah. Not great. Okay. So, so we, we obviously, well, we don't actually, I was going to say, we obviously have to check as Kranich, but we don't. This is actually the kind of flop we could choose not to check if we wanted to, right? This is actually exactly the kind of flop if we were going to donk that we would donk on, right? A ba- you know, lots of babies, yeah. nothing big, seems to hit our range, blah, blah, blah. What's our donking range, though? Well, we're we doing have one to be- pair of hands. Um, well, that's a good question. Are we? I don't know. If we feel like Mormon's opening really wide, we could do one pair of hands. And we do think Mormon's opening really wide. And then wide. not fold to aggression? We have to not fold. If we have, like, a good eight, we cannot yeah. fold. Because that's a disaster. Well, back to standard. Yeah. It's a disaster to get it in with one pair of hand after we donk usually. Here. I agree. So usually what we're going to do is not really donk a one pair of hand. Against Mormon, maybe we just have to. But against most players, we'll be donking two pair and better. And draws and uh, and maybe some air sometimes because it's our it hits our range. So I mean, in a heads up power, we're usually not dunking at all, right? Usually not, but I like that. But I think we should be open to the idea. Talking about like playing yeah. non-standard against you know players who are really good. Like we could op- we could actually we should be dunking with draws and two pair plus that were all those that we're going with. We're hoping to make the last bet on both of them, right? So we bet we get raised, we get to re-raise this right. effectively all in. Um, so there's that, and then some air that we're happy to fold. I guess those are like the two sides of it, right? If we're going to be donking at all. But it seems like donking with top hair only, unless we're going with it, is a disaster. Well, we have to be going. As long as we're going with it, it's okay to donk at least. I mean, if we include 5-6, I mean, there's, there's 48 combos of open-ended straight draws on this board. Yeah, that's a lot. That's too many. I think for going with it range versus our true value sure. range. Well, we don't have to donk all all draws. We right. just want to donk some draws and some value, right? I think we have to dunk some draws in all value because the value is thin compared but we, to the draws. We can't draw, dunk all value. Then every time we check, we don't have anything. All right, then we have to dunk very few of our draws. Right. Because I think, there's I think, not that much value. We don't have seven deuce or eight deuce, right? Right. This is why people don't dunk very often yeah. because it's hard to come up with ranges. But if we're donking, let's say, um, one, one group of sets, so like one of the sets and top two, at least some of the time with top two, maybe yeah. not all the time with top two. And then that's probably enough to be able to also donk like nine ten. So that's eleven combos of value versus sixteen combos of of semi value. Right, but the semi value gets there a fair amount yeah. with overs and the straight draw. That's that's probably good enough. And but the overs can... aren't really against the getting it in range. The overs don't really matter usually. They might against Chris Mormon though. Like the thing is, when we donk, it's sort of like putting a little chum in the water for Jaws. You know, yeah, that dude is coming. <laughs> He's maybe, coming. Maybe I don't know. Mormon's smart guy. He might not. He might not, but yeah. it's hard. It's hard for good players not to attack that. Right. right. I agree. Now, he might not. He yeah. might also decide to attack it later and so on. There's all these things he could do, but a lot of times players attack that kind of You know thing. what sucks in this spot, though? What? When you decide to have this donking range and you donk with your draws and then the guy just calls and then you miss on the turn, you're like, I guess I'm going to bet again. Yeah. And then you miss. And, and then you're like, gonna, I guess I guess I'm, I'm guess I'm going to bet again. Yep. I didn't get to get it in on the flop and realize my equity. Right. Cool. Well, I re- you realized your equity already. Right. Yeah. Zero <laughs> percent. Yeah. yeah. You did realize it, but you didn't get to get it in when your equity was still strong. Now you yeah. have to ship the river a lot, right? Right. Yeah, that sucks. Anyway, Kranich doesn't dunk. Yeah, that, which is fine. Yeah. It's he's perfectly got, fine to check it. He's got king, queen of diamonds, eight, seven, deuce, rainbow board, one diamond. Yeah. Uh, Mormon, of course, is flop top pair with his eight, four offsuit standard under the gun open there with the old eight, four offsuit. You don't okay? Your microphone wobbling. Uh, everything's over there. fine. I'm just, you know, you just keep putting down Chris Mormon. I'm not putting And it I won't have it. Well, you're a defender of the innocent, aren't you? Yes, you're I am. A great man. He's from some other country. Australia. Well, that's another country. For a other country? By the way, you know, they're. Do you they're know making... about the myth of the other and how dangerous it is, Jonathan? 
<laughs> you know, are you aware of what you're doing right now? I don't think you are. <laughs> <laughs> I was just going to say they're actually going to ban online poker in Australia. I just read today. Really? Yeah. So that's going to be a thing. Ouchie. Sorry, Chris Mormon. Maybe move to Canada. <laughs> yeah. Anyway. All right. That's an issue. Not, not loving that. No. Um, so anyway, so Kranich checks King, Queen of Diamonds, right? On this 8-7 deuce one diamond board? He sure does. Okay. Uh, Chris Mormon bets because he's got top pair. He's probably going to bet anyway, though. He's betting anyway, but this is like, holy moly, I'm near the top of my range. Yeah, I have 8-4 offsuit. What can I hope for? Yeah. Yeah. So he bets 165 into 360. Kranich calls. Yeah, that's a little weird. He could just fold here, but this might be part of the whole Chris Mormon's exploiting the crap out of the table. I think so. Kranich is aware that Mormon's range is super wide, and King-Queen is ahead enough of the time to call just for the value of the hand. It also has the back door. Also, this board is better for Kranich's range, for sure. So you put all that together. I don't know if that's true against Mormon. Why not? Because Mormon is opening every hand, basically. Okay, but Kranitz is defend. Mormon has things like aces and kings and ace-king in his range, and Kranitz doesn't really have those very much in his range, right? This is a pretty good board for aces and kings. Okay, that's true. That's actually a really good point. But how about ace-king? Kranich could have ace-king in his range. He could, but he's usually going to three-bet it, right? Yeah. But Mormon always has it. Like, all the ace-kings are in Mormon's range, for yeah. example. Ace-queen, similarly. Kranich has ace-queen for sure. Um, he might decide to go with ace-queen. He queen. might decide to go with ace-queen. He could, he could go with yeah. ace-queen. He doesn't have to, but he could. Some guys will, some guys won't. So I'm just saying that stuff like that you know, matters a little bit. Not I think it's more just about Kranich believing that he's ahead some of the time and he can improve. Yeah, I agree with you. I agree with you. So he does call. I mean, I don't think there's anything really to say much about these bet, this bet and this call in the flop. I think Kranich's call is not standard, but I understand why he's doing it. It's not terrible. The problem is if we don't improve, even if we, quote, have the best hand, we're not really going to call it down, are we? Sometimes. Maybe. We're just going to go call, call. I mean, if, are we expecting Mormon to three-barrel every time? No, I guess not. I guess sometimes he might just give up because the board is so bad for his range, right? Yeah. The problem is often when he gives up, he has us beat with his like high. high. Yeah, yeah. So that yeah. is that is problematic. Well, so. I'm going to tell you a little secret. Okay, it's possible that Kranich has a lot of cards in the turn that he's not just going to lay down on. That's true. There's a lot of diamonds and straight draws and over cards he can hit. So that's yeah. good. Which is, you know, it's a fair reason to call. It just sucks to be out of position when you're doing all this. It does. We should have three-bet gotten it in preflop, man, just like I'm saying. Yep, that's what we should have done. Yeah. But anyway. All right, so the pot's 690000 and the turn is the Jack of Diamonds. Hello. Ooh, that's that... a good card for, for our boy Moritz. With his king-queen of diamonds? Yeah, now there's two diamonds on the board. Seven, eight, deuce, jack, two diamonds. That's, that's a pretty good cool. Card. Mormon, of course, still has a pair of eights. Yeah. This jack doesn't really... It does hit a pretty big chunk of Kranich's range, which is all the nine tens. Yeah. And also all the jack eights and jack seven suiteds. Also jack nine, jack ten. Those are hands he can call with. Yeah. So actually it hits Kranich a fair amount. It's not a bad card for him at all. Yeah. So Kranich does something interesting here. This is where things start to get a, a bit in- more interesting in this hand. He decides to lead. Yeah. Completely out of flow. Yeah. He, he didn't donk on the flop like we were talking about. He's donking the turn. It's a weird, weird thing. It's a weird doing. thing to do because Mormon's range is completely uncapped at this point. Yeah. Of course, Kranich's range is also uncapped because he can have the nuts here. Correct. I mean, there are, there are parts of his range we can exclude, yes. unlike Mormon. Mormon can have almost anything, and there's part. So while it's uncapped, we can eliminate some high value hands from Kranitz that we can't eliminate from Mormon. All right, right? It's like a bottle without a cap, but the middle of the bottle isn't there. Yeah, something like that. Yeah. You know, like we can do. So, but so Mormon has more high val- strong value than Kranitz does. I would argue. But they both can have a very strong value. Uh, I don't know. I think Kranich has all of the flop sets nine and nine ten. Does he have Jack Jack? He m- might not have. Probably Jack-Jack. not. Right. If Mormon's been yeah. opening constantly, does he have Ace Ace? Probably not. Probably not. King King. Probably not. I'm just. I don't saying. know if I count Ace Ace and King King as strong value anymore on this board. They're reasonable value. At least. Yeah, but the re- point is, we can remove those are still value hands that he could, in theory, be betting here, but he can't have almost okay. ever. That's all. I agree. Almost but ever. I, I don't want to belabor that point too much because I think a strong point here is that Kranich does have a crap load of value here. Okay. He has he has like a lot of he has two pairs, like eight eight seven. He could have played this way. Yes. Flop two pairs. Yes. Jack eight, Jack seven, at yes. least suited. Probably some Jack Eight offsuit too. I agree. Probably all the nine tens. Agree. All of that can be all in the there. sets of sevens, deuces, eights, probably not sets of jacks. I think the question is is he gonna bet just top pair on the turn? Is he gonna donk out top pair on the turn like Jack Nine, Jack Ten? I think that's the real question. I doubt it. But there's, I already named a ton of value anyway. You did. You did. So I think he's doing a decent job representing a hand that doesn't want to check back. 
right? Like, Mormon's going to check back a lot of his range here in a yeah. standard situation. And if Kranich had one of those strong value hands, he wouldn't want to check back. So if he's actually going to make this play some of the time with his value hands, picking two overs with a flush draw on the turn is a pretty good hand to be one of your semi-bluffs. It's not terrible. I certainly agree with that. At the same point, you're saying Mormon's going to certainly check back. That jack is not a terrible card for Mormon's right. I didn't say certainly. You said, oh, sorry, you said possibly. Maybe yeah. you said possibly. Like, Mormon's probably going to fire a fair amount on a Broadway card, you know? So... I don't know. I mean, if it was a worse card, if it was a if it was a baby diamond, I would think this makes more sense than a jack. I think a jack is a slightly slightly less believable, unless he has nine ten or something like that. But slightly less believable to think that Mormon isn't going to bet again. That's all. Maybe I don't know. A lot of people will check back the turn, uh, especially when Cranch's range could have easily improved. Sure, but when an overcard comes and it's a Broadway card, that's a, that's one of the times when a lot of people won't check back the turn. Also, right? I guess. It's not. It's the jack, though. I mean, let, not... Let's pretend we're Mormon for a second, and we don't have 8-4. We okay. have a much worse hand, like, I don't know, 4-5. How about ace-10? Well, ace-10 we could check back because we've got good showdown value. All right, how about king-10? Yeah, right, sure. What the heck? So we're like, oh, okay. So Kranitz has like a 7 or an 8 a lot here and sometimes some draws, right? And, uh, and then the jack comes. If Kranitz checks again, we're like, well, I'm probably going to continue. Let's see if we can blow him off a 7 or an 8, right? I mean, isn't that – that's not I mean, crazy, a 7 or an 8 is part of Kranitz's range, but yeah. 7, 9, 7, 10, 8, 9, 8, 10, those are not folding, right? Uh, depends on sizing, but probably not. Probably not folding. And then there's all of the strong value that we already mentioned that Kranitz could easily have. Mm-hmm. I think it's a pretty strong candidate for a check back from under the gun's range here. Um, it's fair. It's fair. I mean, I don't know. I think it, I mean, it depends what we, based on what Mormon actually has, he's going to check it back, right? Yeah, I mean, what does he do with aces? I mean, I expect him to bet with aces, don't you? Does he expect a seven or an eight to call? I mean, if not, then he should be betting a lot and not checking back all his misses, right? Well, and if the he does expect those things seven... to call, then he should be betting for value. I, I guess know. he should. I, I, if seven and eight, seven, nine, and seven, ten, and eight, nine, and eight, ten are going to call, sure, he should be betting those for value. And if, there, and if other ones are going to fold, then we should be betting as bluffs. A lot. I'm not surely. There's some some part of our range is going to check back. No question about it, right? But a lot of it isn't. I think to either either as a bluff or for value to get try and get value out of one pair of hands or try and move or blow one pair of hands All away. Right. This is getting a bit complex. It but is. I want to keep going. Okay. So we're going to. So let's okay. give Mormon aces for a second. Cool. And we're checked to on this on this turn card. And okay. Let's do a little bit a little bit of combinatorics here. Fun. Okay. So. The hands that we're going to get called by with aces that we're ahead of. Okay. We got the seven, nine suiteds, uh, the eight, nine offs, probably. Sure. The seven, ten suiteds. Yep. And the eight, ten suiteds. Do we think eight, ten offs? I'm, yeah, I think eight, ten offs. Uh, yeah, if, if Mormon's opening constantly, probably eight, ten offs. King, eight suited. We think is going to call? You think just the, best, the second best eight's going to just fold? Okay, we'll give we'll give him king eight suited. Okay, but then maybe he's gonna have to fold the rest of his sevens and eights, right? All right, so let's let's see how many hands that is. All okay. right, so uh, eight ten off is twelve, eight nine off is another twelve. Okay, that's twenty four. Seven ten suited is three, mm-hmm. so twenty seven. Uh, seven nine suited is another three. Okay, thirty. King eight suited is another three. Thirty three. Yeah. All right. Um, are we expecting to get called by any other eights? I don't know. Honestly, I'm not sure. What do All you right. think? It's possible he could decide just not to fold an eight here. He it's could, only one over. He could, but he really might fold those. I agree. So let's just I say agree. 33 for now because okay. we're not even sure 100% that's that he's going to call with all those. That's fine. So then what are the values? There's sure. all of the 910, 16 combos there. Sure. That are, that are beating us, right? I agree. Um, all of the Jack 8 suiteds, that's two combos. Okay. So. 18. But all the Jack 8 offs, I think. If he's going to have 8 10 off, he's going to have Jack 8 off. Probably. We gave, we gave him all the 8 10 offs. So we're, okay, that's fine. Him. All the jack eight off. So that's, in fact, eight combos instead of two. Okay. All right. So that brings us to 24. Then we have seven, eight. Probably all of those, right? Seven, eight is not going to fold. Two pair? Yeah, but he probably has all of them, not just suited. Oh, I see what you're saying. Sorry. Yeah, he has all of them. All right. So that's another 12, no, eight combos. Except you're assuming that he's going to play seven, eight like this the whole yeah. way, which is not likely. All right. So let's give him half the combos. All right. Sure. What the four, heck? Four combos there. Okay. So we're at 28. Yeah. Uh, set of seven, set of eights. Let's give him half of those combos. Fine. Another three. Yeah. So we're at 31. Set of deuces, give him one of those. Fine. Okay. So we're at 32. And then jack seven suited. 
Okay. 33. Equal combos. Cool. Now, there's, a, there's other things going on here, though, and it depends on what Mormon knows about Kranitz, right? Yeah. They've been playing together. Is Kranitz the type of guy to hero, the type of guy to fold a little too much, right? Yeah. And if you think he's the type of guy to hero, we can bet our aces for value a bit more. If we think he's the type of guy to fold a little too much, then we might check back our aces sometimes because we want to get value and figure we get more value on the river, right? So it depends a lot. Now it becomes player dependent, yeah. especially when it's this close. Right. This is very close. I agree. Yeah. Um, so maybe Mormon knows, like, well, when I have strong one pair of value, I can bet. But when I'm bluffing, I should probably not bet against this guy in this spot or vice versa. And it's hard to know. Depending, like, is this the kind of guy who's going to hold on with two fives here or a seven or two something fives? like that? I doubt two fives, but maybe. I mean, you might. If Mormon's been going crazy the whole time, right? Yeah, it is. there is ICM to consider Mormon's well. also like, I've been going nuts constantly. I have aces. I'm near the top of my range here. Yeah. I've got to get value when no one believes me. That's fair. You That's know? a very fair point. So I don't know. It's, it's unclear to me because we just don't know what these guys' history and dynamic right. is right now. All of this very strange, complex thing we're saying here, all of this is to, to question, to wonder, if Cranich is doing a good job representing strong value because in order to represent strong value, what he's essentially saying is, I don't want you to check back with your right. good one-pair hands, Chris Mormon. Right. I want value from your aces now. Right. So we're wondering if that's a good story or not. And right. that's why we did all of that math. Right. Yeah. Now, and there are other things to ask ourselves, right? Because one thing is we're saying, well, he's got all the 9-10 combos. But again, I ask you, does he? Does he actually have all the 9-10 combos in any of these lines? I don't think he does. Sometimes he might check-raise 9-10 on the right. flop. Sometimes he might donk 9-10 on the flop. Yeah. Sometimes he might, you know, he might, if he checks the turn, sometimes he might donk 9-10 on the turn. Sometimes he might check it. It's hard. So I don't think we can give him all these combos of all these things when we, the way we are, you know what yeah. I mean, in all these spots. Because he's not going to take this line with all of them, probably just with some of them. So yeah. that's important, too. Fair enough. Okay. Well, it's hard to know. Yeah. <laughs> really. It's which, really. What he has more of. But when he's donking, he's representing the strong value that we're talking about. No question. He's not repping one pair when he donks. I agree. It seems very unlikely. So we think he's going to check Jack-10, etc. I think he probably yeah. should. Yes. That seems like, again, that's standard play. But if we decided to just call with our King-Queen of Diamonds pre-flop, we should probably just call when we have our you know, King-Jack right here. You know, we have yeah. King-Jack. We turned it. Cool. We check call. And yeah. if not, we, we bet the river and hope to get called once. That's fine. Right. We get to win the pot a lot. It's nice. Yeah. It is nice. Cool. But with King-Queen of Diamonds, we don't get to win the pot a lot. No, no, we don't. Although yeah. we did pick up a lot of equity on the turn. We did. Kings and queens could be good for us, and diamonds are almost certainly good for us. I mean, we're, I think if we were to check call the turn, or actually even if, as Cranitz and we just donked the turn, if we hit a king, queen, or diamond on the river, it's going to be really hard for us to fold. Yeah. Right? Like, maybe we'll check. I mean, if we have a diamond, we're obviously never going to fold. If we hit a king or a queen, we could check call, or we could bet. I guess if we bet and get moved in on we could decide to fold. But, like, that's it, right? Yeah. I mean, mostly we're just not going to fold. Not against this guy. No, and maybe we just have to call anyway. Maybe. Anyway, let's let's continue. So you generally don't think this is a good donk, though? I don't love it. I'm not sure. I'll admit I'm not sure. And I think it really comes down to, is Kranitz balanced here? If he's got some balance, then I think this is a good donk. But I don't know that he does. I question right. if he actually has balance here. It seems like a really weird story to be telling where, or line to be taking, even with a strong hand. Like, okay. check, call, donk. It's just not. So, I mean, it's possible, but it's rare. I got bad news for you. Okay, we're not done talking about the donk yet. No, because we only talked about what he was repping for value. Yeah. Now we're Mormon. We have to consider what are the bluffs right. if we're going to continue here. How right. can he be bluffing? What type of hand does he have? Right. Answer the question. Oh yes, of <laughs> course. Don't... Well, he's got as we said before, he's straight draws, so he's got five six for sure. Okay. Right? That's a straight draw. He's got another open ended straight draw, actually, doesn't he? Now, yes, yeah. nine six. Yeah. So those are two That's... suited. Five six off okay. probably probably only nine six suited. Sure, and I don't know if he has all the five six offs. He yeah. might, he may not. It's hard to know. But let's assume it's something like that. So that's a bunch of stuff, right? Especially if we're saying all the five six offs, yeah, or some something close to that, right? Right. There's so those. We're, we're around twenty combos already, and we block the fours, so that feels good. Take that, Cranich. <laughs> Your five <laughs> that six feels really really good. He could also be betting um, a one pair hand that is marginal. Why? Because he thinks we're going to check it back so much, he doesn't want us to realize our equity with our overcards. Like what one pair hand? Like a seven. I know you think that's crazy, yeah. but you, remember how you were exploring all these non-standard yeah. things? Scott Seaver actually talks about doing exactly this kind of a play. Really? Sometimes. Scott Seaver. Yeah. About not allowing people to realize their equity. Um, usually he's the guy who's got the initiative where they check to him admittedly first. But in, in it's sort of standard check back spots. He says, no, you bet here because even though when you get called, you're usually screwed. You don't let them realize their equity with their overcards. 
which is not the way you and I often talk about playing. Right. Yeah. I mean, is that is there enough value, especially when the line has been like this so far where we went check call on the flop to then lead like six, seven here? Is it the is there enough value in getting Mormon off of his overcards? I mean, I don't he's not folding his straight draws, by the way. No, he's not. I don't love it. I don't love it. Also, that jack is not bad for Mormon. That jack is pretty all right for him. So, yeah, I don't think that's, I'm not a huge fan of it. I don't think that's good. I'm not a huge fan. Of it. I mean, it's weird to donk. It's weird to suddenly play out a flow and donk. It's also, just the diamond came more. All Mormon's diamond combos that didn't have anything on the flop are now certainly going to call. Like the only thing we're actually getting him to fold that has equity against us are his overs, his like meaningless overs that don't have diamonds, which is not that many. There's another thing in play too that we haven't talked about at all, which is Mormon may have a sense of how Kranitz plays big hands. Now, good players mix up how they play big hands, sure. right? But a lot of players don't, or a lot of players really lean towards one thing or the other, either slow playing or not slow playing, right? Yeah. And so if he knows this guy likes to slow play it a little bit, then this donk feels like, what can you really have? Like, yeah. you, like you're check raising 9, 10 all day. I've seen you do it. Like, I've seen you do That's how you play. You yeah. want to get that extra bet out of me. So I know that. So then what are you supposed to have? That's something we can't know, I suppose. Right. But that uh, may I play believe, into this, By the way, too. I think it's Kranich. Kranich. You've been saying Kranich? Yeah. I think it's Kranich. I'm not sure. Let's uh. say Kranich. Yeah. Let's say that, like All a right. sandwich. Yes, like a sandwich. You eat a sandwich. What's his first name, Morris? Moritz. Moritz Kranich. That's awesome. Yeah. That's a cool name. It's like I want Vincent that name. Vincent Digital, who suggested this hand, which I forgot to mention. Wow, but you didn't just now. Yeah, Vincent that's cool. Digital. Hey, you know someone else who we forgot to mention? Who? Mike D'Angelo. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I saw that. You know about that? So yeah, he's ahead. he's one of the guys who suggested the Antonio and Duan set over set hand. Can the magician escape yeah. set over set? But we did not mention him. Sorry, Apparently Mike. he suggested it more than once. Yeah. Sorry, Mike. So we're going to try and remember that for you come and respond to, but we'll see. Yeah. We'll no see. promises. No promises. <laughs> anyway, back to the hand. All right. So you're Chris Mormon. You got Duncan too. Yeah. And I guess he doesn't believe him because Mormon ends up calling. Well, from a gameplay point of view, we probably can't fold when our hand is as strong as it is, right? Like, this is one of the better hands we're going to turn up with in this spot, believe it or not. Right? We have to put him on a bluff, though, right? Because I know you went down yeah. this road, but he, I don't think he's now donking a seven ever. I mean, I don't think he is either. Yeah. Um, old amateurs do sometimes, <laughs> but I don't think this guy is. Old bad amateurs? Yeah, yeah, yeah old bad amateurs. Um, no, I agree with you. We have to put him on a bluff. I agree. So maybe we're calling and hoping it's just going to check, check, and sometimes we win kind of a thing. Otherwise, it's going to be tough to call again, right? It's just going to be tough. Here's a question. What is his bluff donking range really, though? I mean, does it have to pick up equity, or is he? does he have, like, king-queen of clubs here? I don't know. I mean, king-queen of clubs is a complete bluff, right? Yeah. As opposed to, like, something with equity, like, 6-7 at least or something, where you're like, okay, I called once, and now I'm going to bet because I can't really call again. I don't really expect those. If he's going to have a bluff donking range, I expect it to be a lot of gut shots, um, maybe 5-6 for the open-ender. Oh, sorry. I said 6-7. I meant 5-6. That's okay. what I meant. 5-6. No, because, yeah, because he can't really profitably call five six on the turn again i don't think but he can bet it right and if he doesn't want to check raise because it's so much of a stack now he's committed and they get it all in and he's just way behind this is a way to try and mitigate all that right. by just betting that's not a bad reason to bet five six at all maybe as the five sixes he has all of his overs with diamonds that he decided to call a flop with he decided to call with king queen so maybe he has like king nine and king ten here gut shots um okay yeah sure so maybe that's the range maybe I'm not sure what it's hard. Really it's is. hard to it's hard to really come up with. It's a, clear a strange range. play. Most people don't do this. Right. They, they don't, don't really ever they don't see call this. Call preflop. Check call flop, and then lead turn. That's not a normal thing. Right. And then, and when they do, like in your one two game, it usually means they're either very weak or very strong, depending on the player. But this and guy usually the sizing tells you everything because they're no good. Right. But this guy um, is not a, one of those types of players, so it's a little harder to figure out what's going on. Yeah. Yeah. So how does he size this? He sizes it normal, like standard sizing for a turn bet. It's two seventy five into six ninety. Oh, okay. Actually, pretty small even. Kind of smallish. I mean, it's easy to call as more. Mormon may just feel like he bet four and a half blinds. Like, yeah. What am I going to I'm going to fold a hand this good. I'm Chris when Mormon. I, I never have it. I have a pair. Exactly. Yeah. Like, I never. It's it's just like McConnell, McDonald, whatever his name is yeah. from Australia again. The Australia Millions. <laughs> where um, The Australia Thousands, I think is what it's called. Yeah, yeah. Um, where he got check raised on the turn and he had like third pair, fourth pair or something, third pair, I guess. And he just, with no kicker, and he just called because he's like, I never have a hand this good even. Like, yeah. and, like they're always going to take shots at me, kind of a thing. Yeah. So maybe maybe that's in play too. So I mean, Mormon calls. Mormon does call. I don't think it's crazy. I don't think so either. I think it's totally reasonable, but we may have to fold to a big bet on the river. I guess we're going to find out. Yeah. We're going to get to the river now. Okay. Good. Um, Do we have any like getting to the river music? 
is that even qualify as music? I don't think it does. I think a few sloths just woke up. <laughs> so I, is that a is that a yes or a no? I'm not going to answer that question. No, you're not. I'm the sloth whisperer. It's my other job. Wow. All right. So the pot is 1.24 million, and I know we've gotten into a lot of stuff here. The flop was eight do seven with. Uh, Rainbow with one diamond. Kranich, of course, has king, queen of diamonds. Mormon with eight, four offsuit. Turner was a jack of diamonds. Kranich decided to lead for just under half the pot. Mormon decided to call with his pair of eights. Yep. And now the pot's 1.24 million, and the river is the ten of clubs. Yeah. Which most notably makes a four card straight. Right. So now it's it's a big deal. Seven, eight, ten jack. Yep. This changes Kranich's value range if he decides to bet again, obviously. It's a it's a bad card for Kranich because it's harder to tell a story now. It is, yeah. But Kranich decides, I got here. I, right. my, my plan was to bet when I get there and when I don't get there. Right. right? Like, and hope for different outcomes, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> but that's kind of interesting how that happens in poker, but it does, right? Totally. Like, you're, like you're making a play where you have some equity, but you're not there yet. And you're like, well, if I get there, I'm going to bet. And if I don't get there, I'm going to bet. And I'm going to probably bet about the same size. Yeah. And I just hope the right thing happens either, <laughs> either way. You well, know? you're like, you're like, I'm repping the draw, right? Or I'm, and I hope he doesn't have it. Or I hope he does have it and it doesn't come in. But either way, I'm betting the river. Yeah. yeah. Like, it did come in, so I bet because I have it. Or it didn't come in, so I bet because he was on a draw. Like, yeah. I hope somebody folds here. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's interesting how that works, but that's just how it is. Yeah. Sometimes poker. you put yourself in that spot and you're, you know, you're, the plan plays out and you're sort of forced to go for it. You're yeah. not forced to, but you decide to. You decide to. Yeah. That was the plan. Yeah, it's, I, I like that he is not just going to give up on a card, which is not good for uh, for Mormon's range either. Like, no, this Mormon, is doesn't tough, have, Mormon doesn't have many nines in his range. I mean, he has like ace-nine. I mean, it turns out he probably has a fair amount of nines. I don't think he nines. has ace-nine. He called the turn. Oh, right, right. I'm sorry. I thought we were just talking preflop. You're right. We're talking about through everything. We're here on we're the on river. We're on the river now. Okay, yeah. good. That was a punchable face moment right there. Oh, well, hopefully nobody saw it. I saw it. <laughs> but anyway, okay. So on the river, what nines can Mormon really have is the question, right? He can have eight, pocket nines. Pocket nines, eight, nine, jack, nine. That's about it. Seven, right? nine suited. Seven, nine. Probably seven, nine off. He has eight, four off. Six, nine. Six, nine. Yeah. That's a decent amount of nines. Can he have queen, nine? Could he have called the turn with queen, nine? Probably not. Queen, Six. nine, and diamonds, exactly, which yeah. we know he can't have. Right. I don't think we can. And he can't have King Nine of Diamonds either. And he, yeah. W- yeah, and he probably wouldn't. Have, oh, yeah, because he could have called the turn with King Nine of Diamonds, but he can't have it. Nope. So he can have Ace Nine of Diamonds. Yeah. He can that's, have, the only, that's the only other nine he can reasonably yeah. have, right? One, one combo there. I guess he could have suited Nines of Diamonds, period, but it's hard to come up with almost any could other. Could he have ones. Nine Ten? Could Mormon have Nine Ten and not raise the turn? Yes. Yeah. He can have that. Okay. But there's not a whole lot there, right? Compared to all the other stuff he can have. Right. But there are a decent amount. It's just not. He also has a lot of other stuff. So yeah. we, men- we mentioned a lot of hands, but he also just has an expansive range here. He has Absolutely. a ton of stuff. Right. Including 8-4 offsuit. So into this 1.24 million pot on the 7-8-deuce-jack-10 four-straight board, yeah. Kranich with his king high with a missed flush draw, so unlucky, so unlucky. I mean, he had a lot of outs, right? He did. So sick, bro. So sick. But anyway. Kranich bets 505000 Into? 1.24 million. I mean, he looks like he's trying to get value. Absolutely, he does. I like this play. Right. I, think you're, I think he's sort of forced to go for it here. Here's a little thought experiment. Okay. Because this card is so bad for so much of Kranich's turn value, all the two pairs, all the sets don't exactly love this card. No. Although he might still go for value with the sets. It seems like two pairs of really clear check. Jack-10 specifically, he could, um, he could bet. It's sort of like a set of deuces. Yeah. Okay, sure. But maybe he wouldn't. Mm-hmm. What if we bet even smaller? What if we try to expand our value range as much as we can here? We met, we bet like 300K. Yeah. And maybe that means we can have a lot more value. The problem is Mormon might just raise because yeah. he sees us doing that and he's Chris Mormon. But it might be like uh, we, we know that's the possibility and we're calling raises. With King High? No, no, with all of our value. Oh, when, with when all we, of our value. Okay, okay. When we expand our value to include like even... Maybe not. So seven, we're going to try and induce after he called a bet on the we're turn? We're not trying to induce. That's just a contingency plan in case he raises. We can't call with all of our value. We have to call with some of our value. Okay. We can't yeah. call. All of it is, is a right. terrible no, idea. You're right. Okay. But we can call with some of it. I'm just asking. Let's, let's go back to the root of my question here. Okay. Is there any value in betting smaller here as a bluff because this card is so polarizing because right. now there's a four card straight out there that we want to still have some of the value we had on the turn that should hate this card. Like we want to have sets where sometimes we don't know. I mean, I think we're probably betting sets, right? Aren't we bet folding sets here? I guess. Since we can have 9-10. Yeah. So we can bet fold the set. It sucks. 
we might decide to check a set though is the thing because like we can sit we can talk all this beautiful talk about bet folding a set and all that but it's so much easier to check call a set yes it is right because then we get to see showdown it's really hard for him. he can move us in i guess well, and bluff us yeah, but that's it's hard kind of, it's hard for him to do it that's kind of to my point because as Kranich, we're sitting there with king queen right yeah and we're not we're not on the value side of things, but we're thinking, how can I still win this hand? Right. Can I represent a value hand better by betting smaller? I understand what yeah. you're saying, yeah. Um, I guess I'm wondering if... I mean, the thing is, it's a, I, I would guess, Mormon being the online superstar that he is, he heroes a lot. Yeah, probably. So if we had a straight, would we really bet 300K is a question I have. Would we not go for more yeah, value? Yeah, that's the problem with a 300K bet. We have to bet everything at 300K. Right. We do. We have to be able to show up with the nuts here, yeah. too, or, or whatever, close to the nuts. Although that's not a crazy thing if we expect Mormon to have a lot of one-pair hands. Uh, right. Right. Mormon has way more one-pair hands in his range than Cranich has in his here. So this way we're trying to—so we're actually trying to get called by one pair. Yeah. Yeah, it's— uh, it's a weird spot. It, it, that, it's all weird then because obviously Mormon would read into that and be like, okay, I guess I have to fold my one pair hand. But then it, it's a leveling more then, of course. Or turn it into a bluff yeah. and get him to fold everything but a straight or nearly everything but a straight, right? Yeah, Kranich has to – the thing that sucks about betting this river is that Kranich is repping basically only a nine. Yeah. Unless Kranich is the guy who sometimes ties it and calls with other hands that aren't a nine if Mormon raises. I mean – he could be betting nines and sets and top two and be folding most of the things that aren't a nine on the river, except maybe like top set or something like that, you know, or like, I mean, set of eights yeah. when I say top set. Although he can't really have top two because of the turn play. Because he bet the turn? Yeah. Jack 10. But, oh, we were talking about that. Yeah, we decided he probably couldn't, right? We decided yeah. he's probably check calling Jack nine and Jack 10. That's true. Yeah, that makes it really tough. Because now we're just down to sets, and he might have played sets differently. So now we're really down to mostly straights. Yeah, it's he just would have likely raised the set on the flop a lot. I right? believe that not we're, always, but a lot. We're making complex thoughts here because Chris Mormon's in this hand. Yeah, Kranich might not be so complex. It's just a polarizing spot. Well, he made an interesting, weird decision, which is part of what's going on here. Here's, right? and, and here's a big problem for him. Yeah, when he donks the turn. Now he only has two types of nines in his range. If our donking range is correct here, it's nine ten and six nine. He can have ace nine of diamonds. Remember, ace nine of diamonds. Yes, that was Mormon that we said that for. But Cranich can have that also. He can have that, which means he can have king nine of diamonds and queen nine of diamonds. Okay, yeah, but that's three combos. You are correct. It's not very much. And the six nine is only suited, right? It kind of has to be. So that's only four combos. Yeah. So then he's got. Now 12 combos of 9-10 off. So his value combos are 19 combos. Think about how much better this story would be for Kranich if he check-called the turn and then donked the river when it's four cards to That would be a way better story. I would believe that much more yeah. as Mormon. Like, he had a 9, he had, he had a pair and a 9 in his hand, and then he got there, you know? Like, that's reasonable. Yeah, that expands his 9s a lot because we really don't see him showing up with 8-9 here, right? Right, yeah, right. not yeah. We just don't. But he, if he check calls the turn, he can absolutely have eight nine. And he yeah. can have all the nines, right. all the ways, he, all the nines he could ever have. He can have absolutely. You know? But now he can't, and this is the problem with the situation. Now I like that Cranch decides to go for it, and I think a lot of players are going to fold in Chris Mormon's shoes here. Yeah, you know, um, I think this is pro- like once he bets the turn, he's kind of committing to going for it most of the time on a lot of rivers, and this is a really polarizing river, which Mormon may just decide to fold a lot of his range here. Yeah. There's a problem. The problem is uh, it's Chris Mormon. And so he's like, why would I fold? Good. <laughs> I call. <laughs> <laughs> also, like we just expanded upon, if Greenwich really only has nines for value here, which is questionable, but yeah. I think it's a reasonable assumption. Sure. Then he really only has 19 combos that make sense. Right. And there's got to be a lot more bluff combos. If he has King, Queen of Diamonds in his bluffing range, that means he has a ton of diamonds in his bluffing range that are over cards also. Absolutely. And then we could put the 5 6 still in there too. The 5 which 6 is a for bunch sure. Of stuff. Yeah. Right. That's, I mean, then you're just like, if it's diamonds and 5 6 alone, and maybe some weird one pair of hands turn into a bluff, you know, he might decide to be bluffing yeah. with some weak hand. Somewhere. Now, you'd have to do that on the turn, I know. So it's a, that seems weird and, and non-standard to do. doesn't mean it's impossible that he's doing it, though. No, it doesn't. Sometimes people do that weird stuff, right? Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't I mean, I don't want to say, oh, this is an easy call. It's obvious. Of course you'd call here for Chris Borman. Like, I mean, it's not an easy call at all. It's very difficult. It's a very tough spot for a lot of chips in a big spot, you know? Yeah. Well, actually, now that I think about it, he doesn't have many diamond over combos. Right. He's king, queen of diamonds. 
King Ten of Diamonds is now a pair. Right. So that's probably not counting. Um, we're losing the King Ten of Diamonds if he's deciding to turn that into a weird merge bluff thing. That's right. We yeah. are anyway. But uh, she might be. Ace King of Diamonds, we're expecting a three bet preflop. Yep. Ace Queen of Diamonds is likely to be a three bet preflop. I guess you could have Ace Queen of Diamonds. I don't know. You were making the case before that he has all the Ace yeah. Queens and wouldn't raise. I'm, freeze, I said but I, sometimes. But. I mean, first you said he has all of them. Then you back down for I a second. I don't think I did. You just rolled your eyes and made another punchable face. And it no, I good. rolled my eyes because you were being punchable. <laughs> You're the punchable one. Anyway, whatever. Anyway. We're, we're arguing over one combo. There aren't yes. very many. You're right. So then he's got like the ace low of diamonds, which there's not a ton of either. Also, he had to check call the flop, which he could have done because he did with king queen of diamonds. But we don't know that for sure that he would. Right? We so that, from, from Mormon's point of that view. That actually isn't that many bluff combos. No. That's, you know, like seven or eight bluff combos there. If it's diamonds, but if it's also five, six. Then we have 16. So that's pretty good. But then Got the bluffs and value become about even. But also, then the price we're getting, obviously, we call against even, but then there's ICM to consider. And But then there's other things, too. He's not going to play all his five, sixes this way. Right. But he's not going to play all his nine, tens this way either. You right. Know? So... It gets weird, and I think it comes down to what do we know about this guy? What are we seeing? You know, and yeah. do we have any tells on him? All right. that kind of all stuff. All that stuff. You know, what do we think about our what's our image? What's his image? Yeah, I mean, we're getting better than three to one here. Mormon calls quickly. Yeah, he doesn't waste really much time. He clearly had a plan, which was I'm calling on a lot of rivers, and that's this is a really good river to call on, actually, yeah. right? Because the guy's supposed to be much more polarized than the other. If it's a deuce river, the guy can bet so much more value than he yeah, can right now. Absolutely. I think it might come down to a more simple thing, which we often come to in a podcast, which is Mormon, very smart guy, very knowledgeable, obviously. He might not come to the same number, but he probably thought in his head about the the value combos of nines, and he probably came to something near 19. Right? Yeah. And if there's only that many value combos and I'm getting like 3.2 to 1, I call. Right, because I yeah. just need there to be seven bluff combos yeah. and I'm way good. Actually, six will probably do it, but seven for sure. Right? Yeah. Six and So a that might just be it. It's yeah. just that easy. Also, maybe he wants to be not bluffable. You yeah. know what I mean? It's not so bad to call and turn your hand over and lose and show everyone, don't try it, guys. Like, I'm Chris Mormon. I don't fold. If he lost, I don't think he probably just mucking if he loses. I agree, but it's, it's not the worst move. <laughs> Maybe not, but I don't think that's what he was going to do. Actually, he doesn't really want to show that he's opening 8-4 off no, of the gun. No, because he's going to get a 3-bet way too much. Oh, my gosh. They're going to 3-bet him forever. All right. That would be a bad move. Yeah. I agree. All right. We should wrap this up. Okay. Let's do that. All right. So, I guess we are done. Bye. <laughs>